Well guys, our, our journey with Tom Miranda finally comes to an end and what an incredible opportunity it has been to, to get to know Tom um, and of, of course to guide him on his very first black wildebeest. Um, it's been extremely privileged um, and I, I just, I've learned so much in just a short space of time. So, I've, you know, Tom, thank you so much once again for coming out. Uh, You're welcome. Trans it's been an absolute privilege having you here. Um, but I'm sure everybody back home and everybody watching this would, would love to know how things panned out and how have you enjoyed your stay here? It's been a great time. It's been an absolute uh, pleasure to be here. It's a really nice facility. Have a really nice cabin, great food, and uh, you're up early hunting, and yeah. you stay up late hunting if you need to. You know what I mean? Yeah, no. And uh, a wildebeest was a challenge. Yeah, wasn't easy. Not easy at all. And when you uh, are trying to stalk on the ground eye to eye with bow and arrow on an animal that likes to live in the wide open spaces, and there's not a lot to hide behind, it makes it difficult. Yeah. You know, and we worked hard for ours. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I learned so much, and, and just. Some of the smaller things, like you know, keeping the first day we went out, and I had white or, or khaki pair of pants, and he said to me, "I stick out like a sore thumb." You know, those sort of things we, we take for granted in, in normal situations. So, learning those small things from you just really helps a lot, and it's just changed my perspective completely as as far as hunting goes. You know, even you know sometimes guiding on on rifle hunts and all that sort of stuff, but. One thing that you've taken from this Black Wildebeest that, that you think that you've learned out in your many years of coming over to Africa, I mean, this is your 51st trip, um, what, what did you take from this specific hunt that you think you could use in the, in the near future? Well, I mean, you learn something on every hunt. And just the, the thought process that goes through what I do is totally different than another hunter. Yeah. Uh, even even a bow hunter in the sense that I have to capture it on video yeah. and a lot of this I'm doing on my own or teaching you how to do it my guide how to do it so we can capture that that impact shot with the camera and so there's a lot of scenarios that have to play through your mind it's not just getting up close to the wildebeest it's you know finding that exact right place that the camera and the guide and the hunter can all be in one spot with the wildebeest to make the shot and you know, every hunt that I've been on all over the world has that same type of feel, that same outline, yet each one is a little bit different. And I mean, here, uh, we battled a lot of wind. There's a lot of windy conditions, and wind wind and arrows doesn't always make, you know, for a good hunt, you know what yeah. I mean? So you've got to deal with that. And uh, also just the fact that it's so sunny during the day. It's just yeah. so bright. There's just not a lot of places you can hide. Yeah. I mean, it, even if you get in a bush out in the open flats, you're somehow still in the sun somewhere. And it just really made it tough hiding on these things. And we were really blessed to have country that had good relief where we could stay hidden right up to the very end before we could get the shot, you know? And it's gonna be a long shot on these because they don't like to get close yeah. to brush. Yeah. So, like you said, I mean, it's just, it's great country. How does how does Hunters Hill, how does the Eastern Cape compare to anywhere else you've hunted? Well, it's unique. I mean, you guys have unique circumstances, unique territory, uh, unique terrain. Uh, and it's, every place is a little bit different. I mean, comparing this to like the Northern Territory, the Northern Province where my um, Shalanta camp is at, I mean, it's just, we do, a, we do spot and stalk hunting, but we do way more tree stand hunting. We do way more, uh, pit blind hunting over small water holes. 
those types of things are a lot different, you know, than, than uh, what you guys have here. Here it's pretty much, and you have a few blinds and a few setups, and we tried to hide in the trees a few times that didn't work out for us, but um, it's a little bit more, I'm not going to say refined, but um, it's a little bit more refined there because it's, we've been doing it for almost 20 years. Yeah. So we've been, it's every year that you do bow hunting, you learn one little extra thing here and one little extra thing there until you, you keep modifying your plan until your camp is exactly what you need. And I think you learned a lot on this trip yeah. too about what, what Hunter's Hill needs to adapt itself into being more of a premier bow hunting destination. Yeah, no, then, and that's that's one of the things I, you know, we, Really grateful for because it's, it's years of experience coming out, understanding our sort of animals that we will take these lessons going forward. But you know, <clears throat> interesting thing. I don't want to get into the to the hunt too much because I know you would love to tell that story. But one of the reasons and and, and one of the tactics that we developed, especially on the black wildebeest, was the ambush tactic. And um, I saw just from the past days that we were trying to hunt these animals how how effective it is and what was the thought process behind that well the, the first rule of thumb in a, any bow hunter stock is that the animal has four legs and you only have two so you're better off having the animal walk into you and that's especially true with the camera because it's hard you have so much to set up it's one thing to be a bow hunter and get into position and just knock an arrow and just be ready yeah. it's another thing to set up the tripod set up the camera make sure that it's the right focus settings make sure everything's right and then get your bow ready and all that so um, you know what I like to do is I like to see animals moving try to determine where I think they're gonna go hopefully there's a pinch point ahead there's some place a, a feature that I think they may walk by this or that and then I can move ahead quickly around get into position and then hopefully they'll walk by me within range and I mean that was a tactic that we used on this hunt I mean we we saw lots of uh, black wildebeest uh, but we it's hard to hunt a herd yeah especially with bow and arrow. So you need to find two or three or five that are walking on their own by themselves. Uh, bulls walking on their own uh, gives you a much better chance than cows, calves, bulls, herds, you know? And that was the situation we had. From a distance, because of the relief, uh, the mountainous style terrain, we were able to spot several animals moving on their own. And there was a pinch point, and we thought, let's get to the pinch point. If we can get to the pinch point, maybe we'll have success, and um, we, we did. Tell us about it. Tell us about it. <laughs> without without giving too many spoilers away, but because I would really love the guys to watch your episode when it comes out. But just tell us about it, your experience, how you felt. I mean, we had some good laughs, and it, it's it's been an incredible time. Well, I think anytime anytime you're bow hunting and you're on the ground or in the tree stand or in the hide, when the animal comes in, time compresses. It just gets tighter and tighter and tighter and I think when you see an animal coming it's easy and with these wildebeest it was the same thing when you see them walking you see them coming there's always going to be a little knot in your stomach a little butterfly is like I think wow this might happen this is going to happen these animals are coming closer and closer and closer and then it gets to down to crunch time when you need to get your bow drawn back that they don't see you move if you're watching them they likely can see you easier than you can see them because they know every little nuance of their bedroom, of their area where they live, and you're going to be hiding somewhere. It's like somebody hiding behind the door in your bedroom or hiding under your bed. That's what we're trying to do to get these wildebeest. And um, when when that one walked out there in front of me, I just went to full draw, and he never saw me go to full draw, and I made the shot. It was a, it was a, it was a great experience. And it's funny, too, how these wildebeest, 
when they're hit will just spin. And this yeah. this will to be spun and spun and spun in the exact same place. He didn't just run off. He spun and spun and he looked far away and then he spun and yeah. it was it was pretty interesting. Yeah, well that that was one of the surprising factors of this hunt was just how different the Volibius reacted to, to an arrow shot compared to a bullet, you know, and um, yeah, it's just one of those things that just, you know, like you said, you're just learning on every hunt, you're experiencing different experiences, and uh, I guess that's why we enjoy hunting so much, you know, Absolutely. Just, you, you learn so much, but um, Tom, unfortunately, the, the weather came in and we didn't go for the far leaf like we planned to. No, we didn't. Um, second time, maybe third time lucky, you're coming out to South Africa. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, it's just uh, it's, it's one of the frustrating aspects of hunting. You know, the cold front came in, and it's uh, we just had bad weather um, predicted. So, you know, two and a half hour drive each day. You know, we needed to make it worthwhile. Yeah, well, in this, in, in turn, you know, it's it's a good rule of thumb for any bow hunter that's traveling abroad, uh, traveling away from home to hunt. You know, stay on your feet with watching the weather. Stay on your feet with. You know the realistic uh, approach of what you're trying to do i mean the reality was it was one of the hardest hunts in africa to do and uh, the conditions need to be perfect and when they're not perfect why waste your time you know let's get something else done let's get another animal down let's do something different and of course me as this is my job i need to i need to make shows you know and people don't want to watch me not get one you know yeah. i've got to go out there and i've got to go out there with the attitude that that I'm gonna be successful and we're gonna go out and get it done. And, and it's about the adventure, you know, even if you don't shoot out, I mean, it's, it's the trying, it's the giving it all you've got that makes yeah. it work. And the volley, uh, Reed Buck, uh, we'll give them another, we'll give them a shot uh, again next time. Definitely, and uh, so Tom, heading up to Limpopo, uh, I know you've mentioned Crocodile a couple of times in the, in the truck, but uh, what have you got planned for Shalanti, uh, you know, what, what, what's, what are you going to be trying to do when you're over there? Just enjoy it, just mingle with people in camp and stuff, or any special plans? Yeah, well, um, that's part of why I'm, I'm over here, uh, the boat camp up there, they expect me to be there for part of the time. Yeah. So, you know, I've got, I've got clients, basically, bow hunters that are coming to see me yeah. in Africa, so I've got to be there for that. Uh, I need a sharp scrice buck, and Grubler and I might sneak off to the uh, north. Of the, there's no sharp scrice buck at Shalanti, but okay. not far away. You yeah. know, within a three-hour drive, we can be into an, an area where they're at. So we may go do that. I, I was trying to get a crocodile permit. Um, to my knowledge, I don't have one, so I probably won't get to do that. Um, you have to get a special permit to do it with bow. So. I'm just waiting on that, so I don't know if we're going to do that or not. Uh, I mean, there's so much other things to do and other things to shoot there. I mean, I've shot everything on the place, uh, yeah. so it would be a, a second, a second one or a third one. But um, I wouldn't mind doing some diker hunting. Okay. You know, um, my diker, I have nine of the tiny ten, and I need the sharps for the ten. But my diker, um, my footage is not as good as it could be. Um, it was. It was obscured by bushes and things when I shot, so maybe I'll do another one of those. Well, Tom, the cold weather is getting in here fast, uh, and we've got a, a nice pig on the spit, um, so I don't want to keep you too long. Uh, however, guys, <coughs> I've asked Tom to sign a few of PH Journal's merchandise um, that we'll be giving away. All you've got to do is, of course, head along to YouTube, subscribe to YouTube and the Instagram and Facebook pages. 
like share and comment uh, tag a couple of buddies in um, all the rules and terms and conditions will be on there uh, Tom will be signing my PH journals cap um, and then of course uh, we'll be handing over to Hunters Hill Safaris uh, Tom's beautiful black wildebeest that he shot with us um, signed as well um, while Tom's doing that I just want to say a very big thank you to everybody that's followed us on this journey and the guys that have been commenting on um, on all the Facebook and Instagram pages uh, big shout out to Trees and Camo big shout out to Splitting Image Sexy Doing Me and of course Max's Tires I don't know, where do you think I should sign it, huh? <laughs> Some black. Right here? Up here? Yeah. And I'm sure I'll share some, some of the details with you when the episode will be launched. Uh, I know in America... Where can, where, where can they catch your show in America? I'm on Outdoor Channel. Uh, Outdoor Channel, and then of course, uh, we'll probably tag you or we'll share wherever it goes. Facebook. Facebook's good. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Cool. Tom. Alright. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Thanks so much. <laughs> Guys, tune in next time and uh, on the next Sunday discussion. <laughs>